Hello and welcome to this episode of Uncancelled and Unplugged, the podcast that gives an opportunity for you, the listener, to hear from speakers, experts, practitioners who were anticipating being on a stage uh, roundabout right now, you know, sharing their, their insights and expertise with the conference audience. And obviously with the advent of COVID-19 and the sort of almost universal lockdown uh, in terms of meetings and stuff, those opportunities aren't there. So uh, we're going to be, we're exploring uh, various aspects of business, uh, mental health, uh, all sorts of things. This this event and in this um, in this in this format. And today I'm joined by um, Ella Marita and Jack Hurrigan, who are uh, the uh, the principals at Sway Partners, which is a leadership uh, development and coaching uh, partnership. Um, but where I know uh, uh, Jack and Ellen from is from a presentation they did a few years ago at an event I was doing on improvisation. And it seemed to me that uh, if there's one skill that we, we need right now uh, uh, as we navigate a, a largely unknown territory in terms of, of what's happening is improvisation and also the sort of link with that to to resiliency, which is another issue that's that's getting a lot of uh, a lot of traction right now. So, welcome uh, Ellen and Jack, and uh, we're going to start as always, just asking uh, our guests to outline the sort of the arc of their work prior to uh, prior to COVID nineteen, uh, the sorts of things they were doing, and then we'll go into a discussion of how those principles that they were working on uh, in in that in that previous environment, how they've they've they maybe had to change or how they maybe apply even more uh, in the in the area where we're in right now so i think we'll we'll start with 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 ellen maybe just outlining the work you've been doing and and the value of improvisation you've seen with business and and then we'll move on from there sure it sounds great john thanks for inviting us to speak with you today well you know we as you know john we do a lot of our work in person whether it's um on a stage with you or at a conference or uh in a classroom with uh, you know a group of leaders doing a leadership workshop or coaching one-on-one in person. That obviously had to all stop as of the middle of March. And we're very lucky. I would say we're luckier than a lot of folks with similar businesses in that a lot of the work we had planned was able to, we were able to take it to another medium. So we had a lot of coaching that just moved to over the phone or over Zoom or another medium. And uh, although we do feel a bit regretful about not going to Arizona a few weeks ago, that was in the works. And um, but things just got moved, you know, so the stuff that really needed to be done in person is just moving to the fall. So we look forward to catching up on some of that work at a later date. Okay, so but but right now you're still sort of engaged with 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 you may, maybe talk a little bit about how those improvisation you know some of those improvisational skills that you've been working with before and how they're they're translating into the the current environment. What kinds of things are people are people looking for? Do you think? Sure. Well, you know, well I'll give you an example. So just before um, just before the uh, the news was announced that we would all be staying at home. We were working with a company that was set to have a big conference with their clients. And of course, you know, every, everybody is improvising right now. So when you can't be with people all together in a room, there are different ways to do that. And thank goodness for the technology that we have, um, that a lot of our, the companies we work with have really inspired us with their ability to improvise. And so that company, for example, just moved their 
what would have been an in-person conference here in Toronto, moved it to online. And so therefore our training and coaching with them just moved online also. So they didn't stop the work. They just said, how can we do this differently with the main goal of delivering the messages we need to deliver to our clients uh, in a different medium. And so we find a lot of our clients are doing that right now. They're understanding that the work must go on and they're just finding new ways to do it. And I'm going to add to that a little bit, if you will. Um, the whole premise of improvising is yes and. And so what we're finding with our clients is uh, they are yes anding our ideas about how we're going to switch this workplace, how we're going to work from home, how we're going to work um, in things that would have been live and switching them to online venues. So um, they're improvising with you know, how many people will attend or uh, who will attend in this. Um, they're improvising with a lot of other things by, by trying new things. One of the biggest concepts in improv is, is really uh, there are no mistakes, only opportunities. So I think we're all doing that right now. We're all trying new things and finding out what works in uh, respect to how we're going to present work and how we're going to collaborate and work together. Um, but it's it's fascinating to see how people shift as an improviser myself and with that background, how people uh, adapt. And if you throw things out there, um, they'll say yes to them 99% of the time. And, and I think it's interesting also that, that, that I mean, that, that improvisational piece you know, Jack also applies very much to individuals in their in their work environment in, at home where people have to work from home. For suddenly, they're sort of um, you know, for a better metaphor, you know, juggling work life and and all those things. So there's a sort of a, a personal uh, benefit to developing improvisational skills as well as to the business, right? Well, completely. You know, having your child at home or managing online schooling or whatever it is. I have a child who has a lot of learning issues. So really trying to balance that and figure out technology that goes around that is all improvising for me. It's a, it's me, yes, anding the teachers and asking questions. You know, um, my daughter was born prematurely. So we spent 82 days in a NICU. And the only way I got through that was improvising and really applying the rules of improv there, there's something in improvising called uh, play the scene you're in not the scene you want to be in which means you have to be present and you have to listen and you have to accept the reality that's given to you so if you're not accepting it and you're have your own agenda you're going in a different direction um, so improvising is is not just flying by the seat of your pants but really listening to what's going on and reacting to what's going on and working with your ensemble to you know move the scene forward and that applies to business or homeschooling or managing relationships at home it's all you know it's, it's how you look at it and from what angle well, I, I know I was watching um, uh, uh, Governor Cuomo the other day, and he was talking about uh, being in uncharted waters. And he said, being in uncharted waters doesn't mean you just do what the heck you want. Right? And you mm -hmm. mentioned there, you know, you play the senior, and you, you know, if you're in uncharted waters, you're measuring the depth every, you know, as often as you can. You're you're trying to find out what what the what the what the, the sort of land under the under the boat is like, and where you're going, what what's happening with the wind, or all these other things. That it's very much about being in the moment, which is which is you know, there's an element of sort of mindfulness to this. There's sort of an overlap with that that you have to to be present in, in order to adapt to changing circumstances. Yes, it's all about being 
comfortable in the uncomfortable. And how do you do that, right? You rely on your ensemble, you rely on your own past experiences, you rely on the expertise of specialists. Um, you know, relating back to the NICU, uh, I, there's so many familiar spaces that I'm in right now um, of just fear, fear of the unknown, isolation, you know, uh, medical jargon you don't understand or science-based information that's coming at you as an outsider, like a fish out of water. We all are right now learning all about this because it's new to everyone, you know, and, you know, the overwhelming fear of germs everywhere that we're all feeling. There's so many unknowns. So trying to navigate that is all about staying present, like you're saying, with mindfulness, um, you know, reaching out when you need help, asking great questions and having difficult conversations when you have to. And Ellen, as a coach in our business, is great about helping people um, navigate that and figure out how to have those kind of conversations and, and be readers within this type of an environment. Right, because I do think, uh, maybe Alan, you can say you know, that there's certainly, a, a, I think, a strong message for leaders here that, that mm -hmm. uh, you know, with Jack saying that, um, you know, you have to think of the people you're working with as, as an ensemble. And there's, there's, there's an element of sort of, of sort of camaraderie and mutual support in that notion of an ensemble that maybe you don't, you don't get with it with the idea of a, of, of a team working on something, which may be more sort of task oriented. So there, there, there's a message there for leaders to be more present for the people that they're, that they're working with and, and, and who, who reports them, right? Yeah, absolutely, John. And in fact, it's something that we bring a lot of to our leadership development program is this idea of improvising. And it really takes a leader to turn the focus onto the external and not onto the internal just themselves, right? And it's this idea of uh, yes and, and really being present and listening to everyone. And especially in these times, when firms are making tough decisions, we said, you know, a lot of the companies we work with are doing these amazing things. You know, they're taking production lines and and just completely switching them over to developing uh, uh, the equipment that the hospitals need right now. Uh, so, you know, how do you get that done working with a bunch of people? It doesn't take one leader to just, you know, go tell everyone what to do. It takes a leader who will listen to everyone get everyone's opinion on the table, yes and all of those ideas and then come up with the solution that's gonna work quickly and be really willing to try something, fail at it fast, try something else and just keep innovating that way. So definitely improvisation is probably, we believe, a really key skill for any leader and in particular these days. Yeah, and I think that, that you mentioned, I mean, I think that the company, made, one of the companies you might be thinking of is that there's a one local to um, to the Toronto area where they were making booths for um, for trade shows, uh, which obviously not a huge demand right now. And they shifted over to making uh, screens and the like for, um, I think they were doing things for triage stations and hospitals. And I think they then did some stuff with, with uh, you know, you see all the all the um, screening in, in grocery stores and stuff. So it, it seems to me that, those, that kind of shift, what you're saying, you know, you, your work being with leaders and the like, that, that in fact it's, it's, but it's everyone who has to improvise, right? We're all in, I mean, there's that, um, yeah. you know, that notion that we're all in this together, I think, is, is true in some ways and, and not in others. But in this instance around work and, and getting work done and shifting gears, it, improvisation is a skill that everyone needs, not just leaders, right? 
Well, absolutely. I mean, at home, I, you know, like Jack never signed up to be a grade four teacher and I didn't sign up to be, <laughs> no parents signed up. <laughs> there are not many people who signed up to be a teacher who are teachers right now, right? And not that we're replacing our great teachers that teach our children no. every day, but it's a different role that we have to take on. And so, yes, at home, you know, you got to figure this out day by day. And, you know, no one solution works for everyone. So it's about trying stuff out, um, you know, figuring out if it works, failing at it and taking the lesson from that and moving on. So whether you're in work or at home, absolutely those lessons apply to all of our situations right now. And I think there's another piece of this too, that we're in improvising and being on stage with an ensemble, and I did this for years at Second City and later on in, in different areas of my life, um, having each other's back, like we, which we talked about, and working together to figure out a problem, but also letting your team be vulnerable so you could get the best work done. So that giving permission to feel all their emotions and being able to move past that and talk through things and really support people because these are, from a mental health standpoint, these are really challenging times. A lot of people balancing a lot. Isolation, for instance, is really hard. Isolation, you know, as humans, we want to connect. And this is a time when a lot of people feel really you know, uh, on their own and being able to express that and be vulnerable and have leadership and people to back that up and say, that's okay. And we can get through this together as an ensemble is really, really important. And uh, imagine how great that is for your team or your ensemble down the road. Like what type of a trust building environment you build now that can go further when you're, you know, exploring different avenues in the corporate world. So it's, it's really, you know, how you react to each other now will determine the future, if you will. Um, it's moving the scene forward. It's well, such a great point. Sorry, John, but I was no, just definitely. like, that was just such a great point that Jack made because we think about the companies we work with. For example, companies who said, mm, we can't, you know, in the past, that group, they really can't work from home. Their job really has to be done in the office. It's too difficult. And now, <laughs> of course, they had to find a way. They had to improvise. And I, I really hope out of all this that people learn that if you say yes, and and you figure it's you know there are ways there's lots of opportunity to do things if you just say yes try something else move forward with it let it fail try again yeah and i, I think what what sort of resonated to me what we've got with what jack was saying was, was i think that that we can agree and, and I, I think we can agree that the sort of enemy of of um uh, of improvising and and being able to you know find a path forward in that sort of iterative fashion the enemy of that is fear and nothing is nothing you know nothing kind of encourages the growth of fear more than sort of uncertainty which certainly mm -hmm. is what we're all living with so so the, the sort of the sort of opposite of that fear is trust so the uh, which is what jack mentioned so really a lot of this is is predicated on the notion of creating trust within with, within a team and within the broader organization completely it is all based in trust if you can't trust your team and uh, you know you're all you all in a team a good ensemble everybody has their own strengths and they build each other up you know we always had this expression at second Field, i've got your back right and what do you bring to the ensemble and 
how do you make it work uh, on, from different avenues? Even with my daughter, uh, working with her and listening. Listening is a huge part of improvising. If you're not really present and listening and being mindful, um, you're going to miss great gifts. It, just this morning, my daughter was having issues online with a live chat and there was too much going on and she couldn't navigate it. And she put herself on mute and went outside and did her own mindfulness. Yes, she had a meltdown, but we had worked on, I, and I had listened to what had happened in the past and she navigated it differently the second time around. She failed mm -hmm. and then picked herself up and did it again and found a way to get through it. So, you know, it, even with your children at home, listening to what works for them what you can do differently, how you can support them differently. And yes, and yes, it may not work for you to be on a live chat with your entire class with math right now. And that's okay. Let's mm -hmm. find a way to approach this from a different angle. And I'm here with your ensemble to support you. And same as it is in business. Yeah, I, th I think one of the things that, that I've, I've noticed, and I, and I think I just want to kind of... Um, uh sort of emphasize i think in, in in what you're saying and and if i'm kind of barking up the wrong tree you know i, I know i know you'll tell me um <laughs> one, one of the sort of hottest issues <laughs> i've had to work with in terms of the conferences in the last few years is around workplace culture and that's largely been predicated upon a discussion about you know we're building a strong culture because we all have the same values and it's the way we do things around here uh, and it seems to me that the the situation we're in now i'm sure having a great culture whatever that might mean, it's hugely beneficial regardless of the circumstances. But it seems to me that the conversation, is, the emphasis has shifted away from that notion of behaviours and we're all having to do things differently. So how we do things around here is no longer relevant. It's become a bit disconnected, I think. Mm -hmm. And the notion of values, which I always thought was, was rather rather amorphous and, um, you know, if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you take it at a sufficiently high level of abstraction, we probably all have the same values anyway. Um, and it's really focused it much more on relationships and community and connection. And I think that's encapsulated in, in what you were saying, Jack, there, where, you know, that, that I've got your back. Mm -hmm. That that is not a, that is not a function of culture. That's a function of a community. I mean, do you think I'm uh, am I trying to sort of put a, a square hole, a, a round peg in a square hole, or does that does that resonate? It completely resonates. I think you're barking up many good trees here, and the square <laughs> round is all fitting for me. That's exactly what it is, you know. And yeah. Ellen, yeah, you go further on this because I know you have lots to say on this. Well, don't, I, yeah, I could go on forever about the values piece, but absolutely, this is about, um, and I think this, you know, the main tenet of improv, this idea of the ensemble is that you're not there for you, you're there for the team, you're there for the company, you're good, you're there for the purpose. And what's amazing about this situation is it has kind of reignited the purpose for many people that we talk to, right? Um, when they you know, they feel really connected now. And it is it, in an interesting way. And that's one of the gifts, I think, out of this COVID situation is we're seeing the gifts of that kind of teamwork and that kind of coming together and having a purpose all together and having each other's backs. It absolutely, I think, is going to build the culture for many of our clients and all the companies out there in a way that they didn't quite expect, right? Yes, and I think I think what I would add to that is that there was a report this last week by Josh Bursin, which which identified a significant and 
um, uptick in employee engagement as a result mm. of, of of the shift to specifically around the I think it was I think it was specifically around the shift to remote work. Mm. And I look at that and I think I can see why. You know, first you think, well, that's really surprising because you know everything's going to hell in the handbasket, and suddenly people are more engaged. But you can see it makes sense because I, I think in the short term because people can see a reason for what they're doing. It's not their manager coming along and saying, right, you're working from home now because right. it's going to save the firm money or because somebody, you know, in head office, you know, 100 miles away has made the decision. It's because obviously there's a clear need to do it. You know, we're, we're doing something that's that's responding to the environment. And it's obvious we have to do it. I think the challenge comes in how you sustain that over time. And, and I think what I'm hearing from you is you need to really sort of consciously cultivate that and that and 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 tap into that sense of, of a sort of a purpose for doing things and and that and, and and that sort of tied in very much with that sort of improvisational skill yeah absolutely don't let this go to waste right it kind of it reminds me a bit of you know another tenant of improv is around that no mistakes only opportunities right and it reminds me of a time in my history <laughs> when I was working for a large bank where uh, my group made me, I was, I was responsible for a error that I won't say where and when, <laughs> uh, you know, there, there was a moment when I thought this is the end of my career. It turned out to be the best gift. It may sound strange, um, but it turned out to be the best gift because the team had to all come together to resolve this error so it was all hands on deck. It didn't matter what level you were, who you were, everybody worked together, listened to each other to come up with a solution. Um, and in the end, the organization benefited by because the solution involved improving processes and systems that had been really broken for a long time. Um, and so, you know, had you told me at the moment I found out about the error that this would turn out to be the best thing that ever happened to me in my career, I would have said you were crazy. But this is exactly what can come of these things, right? When you have big challenges to overcome, when when you have mistakes to come over to overcome, they really can turn into opportunities with the right mindset. Yeah, and I, I think um, I was just doing a little bit of work before we started here, plotting plotting some future things. And I thought the three things that I hope. Uh, and perhaps we'll close this. Ask ask you what your take is on this. My sort of hope was that that there were three things that people would would the organisation would take away from this. And I mean, there were, these were just three that were working with, within my my own context at that time. One was that we need to innovate. That innovation is a is a, a hugely valuable and is an essential tool for survival. The other one one was that everyone should have a voice. Um, and uh, so we don't want to want, 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 want to lose that. And I think the other thing was, you know, we need to try, which is related to the innovation thing, you know, we have to be open to trying new things, uh, which maybe we would have found excuses for not doing before, like oh, we can't go to move remotely. So I think maybe to put both of you on the spot at this point, what do you hope are the lessons that, that people carry forward from this when we start to sort of reassemble uh, a more um, uh, a more familiar way of working and, and and start thinking about the future and growth etc cetera, etc cetera. what's the takeaway for you well uh, how about I go first Alan sure. are you with that? go Jack <laughs> what go about her as a partner you know it's just we have such a good 
anyway, she's always there. Um, you have my back. I have, and she always has mine when we're back, <laughs> when we hit the wall, as we used to say in the NICU, when you've hit the wall and you need your partner, she's always has my back. Um, I would say my three would be um, that we have to be willing to shift our expectations, not lower our expectations, but, but be able to shift them so that we can adapt to whatever comes our way you know, to the new normal, if you will. After any traumatic event, uh, there is a new normal. And so shifting expectations would be one. I hope that from this, people really learn the value of listening, listening to their teams, listening to their family, listening to their children, really listening and being present, putting, you know, as much as we're connected by technology right now, putting that phone away and actually listening to each other. And I hope the third piece of this is that um, within business and life that people, um, you know, are grateful for what they have and or grateful from what they learn from these experiences, the growth, if you will, of a traumatic event um, that that comes with it. So be, I'd say listening, shifting expectations and being grateful for um, your team or whatever good things come your way. So it, it's it's hard sometimes in some days to, to find those things that you're grateful for. But I think going forward, if we realize, wow, and we have perspective on this and going back to my daughter in the NICU, being grateful that, you know, she celebrated her ninth anniversary on Sanco de Mayo the other day. Um, coming out of the NICU. And I was so grateful, even though we're in a pandemic, I'm grateful for that experience because it changed me. I'm grateful for her being here and healthy. And I'm grateful for all that I learned from it. So those are mine. Ellen, what's yours? Well, you've taught me well, Jack. I have three as well. And the first would be, um, I hope all organizations learn that people can be just as or more productive from home. And stop putting restraints on people to do that. And, you know, just that this changes the whole uh, dynamic of flexibility, which I think benefits everybody. And I think it particularly, this might be controversial, I think it particularly benefits women who still sadly take on more of the burden at home. Um, and I think it will help get more women in leadership. Number two is um, it's really about getting unstuck. I see with a some of my coaching clients, what really holds them back is they get stuck in a perspective or they get stuck in, um, you know, this idea of no but, right? Like something happened to me. Uh, you know, I've got this enormous project. I've got too much work. I've got a bad boss. And they can't get past that kind of stuckness. And so I hope that people learn to take a new perspective, which is what are the gifts of this? It's similar to yours. Uh, comments around gratitude, Jack, but what can I see as opportunity in this? And how do I shift my perspective to keep moving forward? And I think there are a lot of great lessons coming out of this, situ this situation right now around that. And I guess lastly, it's just, you know, so the entire world is one big improv stage right, right now. And I think I really just hope that people take these lessons forward into even when this is passed and we can put it in the rear view mirror that people can take improv into the future and just keep saying yes and. Okay, so all the world's a stage and uh, we, we thought we, have a, we had a script, but turns out we don't. So, um, and thank you for, for, for joining me here today. And uh, uh, again, without, without a script and, and running through some ideas, uh, 
tons of stuff here that I think is going to be really useful to people. Uh, and so really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get to share a, a, a physical stage sometime in the future. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Can't wait to give you a big hug in person. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Be well. Thank you.